This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the world championships on the Big Island. Welcome on to yet another edition of the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown. It's good to have you with us. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening and downloading to this podcast. Uh, I just need to say a huge, huge thank you. The numbers continue to grow and uh, the audience and the feedback that I get is just absolutely incredible. Don't forget as well that we are just a few weeks away from giving away that entry into uh, an Ironman. We're going to pay for someone's Ironman entry. It can be an Ironman or an Ironman 70.3. All you need to do is leave us a review uh, and a rating on iTunes and uh, head over to this URL. It's theconeedge.com forward slash win. That's where you can enter the contest and the draw is going to be happening uh, at the end of November, beginning of December. So uh, all the details are on that page. Go check it out, theconeedge.com forward slash win. If you haven't done it yet, you have no idea how much uh, those ratings and reviews really help us in iTunes. Uh, it gets us in front of more people and uh, obviously the more reviews and ratings we have, the better our our sort of uh, ranking is within iTunes and, and more and more people get exposed to, to what we're trying to do here at the Kona Edge and that's help you become the best triathlete that you can be. Before we get into today's interview as well, uh, and I must tell you, it is uh, an absolute beauty. I'm really looking forward to sharing this one with you. I also just wanted to say thank you very much to uh, everyone who has supported the Kona Edge up until now. Uh, one of the things you may have recalled a few weeks ago, we released a podcast just about some of the, the things that are happening here at the Kona Edge. And uh, I mentioned the opportunity for you to become a patron uh, of the Kona Edge. And uh, a few people have taken me up on that offer thank you very much to each and every one of them uh, and uh, you can too and uh, in becoming a patron you can access the commercial free feed of the cone edge so you get it without the ads uh, but depending on what level of patron you become uh, you can also access other exclusive members only content like for instance at the moment uh, I am releasing a one a week podcast a little bit about my journey and some of my goals and uh, that's also only available to patrons so uh, you can get access to that and uh, you can also become a proper proper supporter so there's a, a way for you to access uh, all of the podcasts in one go and uh, yeah and you can also get mentioned just like Ted Britz uh, who has uh, got himself to a level on that uh, Patreon website uh, where he gets mentioned as a as a supporter. Ted, thank you for your help uh, and support. Much appreciated, mate. I know you're a huge fan of the show, and uh, I really appreciate your support. Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a patron uh, of the Kona Edge, all you need to do is head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash patron. It's as simple as that, uh, and you can support us uh, and supporting you and helping you become uh, a better triathlete so let's get on with uh, today's show and uh, yeah like i said really excited to share it with you and it's a pretty cool story and our guest today is ben hammer in Michigan in the United States now and uh, we touch base with Ben Hammer. Ben, welcome onto the Cone Edge. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me. Pleasure to be with you. Ben, we were just talking before we started recording. You were telling me this is, uh, we're recording on a Saturday uh, and it's a pretty early morning Saturday for you, middle of the day. I've just got back from a, a long ride. You didn't ride today and you were saying it's your first Saturday off training-wise in a long, long time. Yeah, I think it might be uh, it might be about ten months. So, um, so 
Tell me what it's, a, uh, what? it's been, it's, it's kind of a strange, strange <laughs> thing. And I'm, I'm grateful for the break. What do normal people do on a Saturday morning? <laughs> uh, well, me, I, I woke up to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. Much appreciated. Um, uh, I got you out of bed earlier. It's, it's brilliant. Ben, let's, let's touch on, on you and, and your journey into triathlon. You, you grew up and you were a pretty decent runner. When did, when did the love of, uh, or, or the seed of triathlon get planted in you? Uh, that's a great question. I I tried to to think back on exactly when it happened, and I couldn't really pinpoint it. Um, I know I know you know growing up, uh, I saw the the uh, coverage of the triathlon in Kona, obviously, um, and and I remember seeing it and and just actually being kind of frightened by it. Um, it seemed to me like the the most extreme. Uh, sort of athletic undertaking that somebody uh, could attempt. Um, and somehow that morphed into, over the years, that morphed into sort of a, a bucket list item of, of doing a, an Ironman. Um, and I actually uh, had a, a pretty serious injury um, that, I, that I had uh, in college. And I think that kind of cemented the, the the dream of one day being able to be healthy and, and to, to come back and do uh, an Ironman after I was finished with my uh, running in college. Were you always an active kid? I mean, were you always running around the neighborhood and as, as, as sort of being busy and sporty always been part of your life? Yes, very much so. Uh, I have one older brother um, and two younger sisters, and uh, we, we were – um, obsessed with sports growing up. Um, I've played just about everything, um, and, and just really enjoyed being active. Um, and as, a as a, eventually I had to sort of pick, my parents wouldn't let me, um, continue to do multiple sports at one time. Um, and I was, uh, pretty, I gravitated pretty well to the, to running. So I, I did cross country and track in high school, but, uh, I grew up playing, uh, baseball, hockey, um, and just you know, all all kinds of different things, uh, especially with my brother. And and one of four kids, I'm I'm guessing that's where the competitive gene was born. Very much so. Yes, um, I uh, am a very competitive person, and so are my siblings. Um, and yeah, as the as the younger of uh, the two boys in the family, I spent a lot of time losing to my brother growing up, and uh, I think that's where. I developed a lot of yeah, a lot of the lot of the competitive drive. <laughs> ben, I love it, and I, I'm pretty much the same. Although I'm the youngest in the family, I got I got an older brother and sister, and I feel exactly the same way about my brother. Growing up, I lost everything, and I'm pleased to say the last Ironman we did together, I caught him with about eight miles left in the run. And I was thinking, <laughs> what do I do? Do I slap him on the back and say, best of luck, buddy? Or do I, do I stay with him? And I ended up staying with him and, and, and beat him on virtue that my name starts with a B, his starts with a D. Our finish time was exactly the same. But the, uh, because of the alphabet, I did beat him in an Ironman, which is, uh, which is fantastic. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations. Ben, let's... Well, my brother uh, was the first to do... I was just going to say, my brother was the first to do an Ironman. That was, that was part of... Uh, the I guess my Iron Man story as well, and um, he then after he did his uh, for my first one he helped coach me and he's been pretty monumental in my Iron Man story. Oh, that's fantastic! That that is brilliant. How how did he go? Are, are you better than him? I'm taking it. You better than him, aren't you? 
I am, yes. <laughs> you beat him. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Ben, let, let's talk about sort of just work-life balance, and we'll, we'll, we'll dig a bit more into the triathlon side of things at the moment. But you, you've got a family. You've, you've got a couple of kids yourself. Uh, you come from a, a math teaching background. And, and funnily enough, I've spoken to a number of math teachers who have qualified for the Big Island, and I'm starting to think that is a prerequisite. If you, if you want to be good in triathlon, you have to be a math teacher. But uh, you've, you've left that career. Now you're doing something slightly different. Tell us a little bit about your, your sort of work-life balance and how you juggle that in the sport. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I wish I had something uh, wise to say here because then I, could, I would take my own advice because um, that, that, that continues to be uh, probably the most challenging aspect of, of triathlon for me, and I know it is for a lot of people. Um, you know, it just takes, it takes a lot of discipline, um, and it takes a lot of sacrifice and, you know, that's the only, uh, it's the only, uh, way around it, I think. Um, and, and unfortunately a lot of those sacrifices have to be made not only by me, um, but they also have to be made by my family. Um, and I have a tremendously supportive wife. Um, I've got two young kids, a a two year old and a four year old. Um, and then I've got a, a little boy who's, uh, coming in November. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it continues to be the, the work life, family life balance, uh, is, you know, continues to be something I, I have to figure out all the time. Um, but you know, it, it involves a lot of, uh, doing workouts when you wouldn't necessarily want to do them. Um, but that's the way, uh, you can get it done. And then the other piece too, I think is learning to be more and more efficient with your workouts. Um, and I'm sure that's a segment we'll touch on later as well. Um, but that's, you know, obviously something that's really important for me. I have to be, um, tremendously efficient with my time, um, and fitting as much into a workout space as I possibly can. And that's not just working out too. It's, it's the time you spend with your wife and, and your kids. It's, it's a case of making that count when, when you are there and are present. Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing that's been tremendously helpful for me, um, is, is I take, uh, one day every week, um, for me it's Sunday. Um, and Sunday is always a, a day off from working out, um, and is a family day. Uh, and that's just been a great thing for, um, our family. Um, and it's just, it's been a, a really, you know, helpful thing for my, yes, for my physical health, but, um, ultimately for my mental health and, and for our family life. I was going to say for your sanity too. Sometimes we, we tend to get so sort of deep into this thing that, that it's, it's almost, it, 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 it overtakes every aspect of our life. And sometimes it is good just to, to be able to switch off like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that, uh, having two young kids is, a uh, is a great thing for, from a sanity perspective, if as funny as that may sound. Um, because, uh, there's no, um, you can't live in triathlon world when you have two young kids, uh, because you know, they, their presence demands that you be present when you're with them. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't matter if, if, uh, you are distracted or have a workout that you're thinking about or trying to prepare for if, you know, they have their needs and, and you've got to meet them. And, and that sort of snaps you back to reality, um, on a daily basis. 
Ben, I'm amazed. You, you're talking about a, a two-year-old and a, and a four-year-old now, and uh, it was a year ago, pretty much uh, the time that we were recording this, that you were, were on the Big Island and getting ready to race uh, in, in Kona. It, it must be tough. Uh, I mean, I know what it's like sort of training for an Ironman with, with small kids, but those are, are particularly little. Uh, and and they, like you say, they demand a lot of your time, but chances are they're probably not sleeping through the night either. So there's there's that to deal with. Has it has that been a, a big challenge in, in your sort of preparation, particularly when you're wanting to race to the best of your ability? Yes, tremendously difficult. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't. You know, I don't think that I've gotten a lot of good nights of sleep in the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, my downtime looks a lot different than a lot of my competitors downtime. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just it's just something you have to learn uh, to balance. Thankfully, in Kona last year, um, my brother and his wife uh, took our two little ones and they have three little ones of their own. So they had five kids, um, under the age of five for the week that we were in Kona. Um, and so, so they were the real heroes of, uh, of that race, um, because they allowed my wife and I to be there kid free. So that was really nice. I was going to say, I wonder what's tougher looking after five kids or racing in the Ironman world championships. Absolutely watching five kids. <laughs> I love that. Ben, let, let's go back to your first Ironman. And, and you said you remember seeing uh, Kona on, on television and, and thinking, yeah, maybe. Can you, can you remember the decision to, to actually do your first one and the, the thinking and, and, and the sort of mind games that went into that? Yeah, absolutely. So my wife and I, I mean, I remember the conversation. We, um, we had sort of been toying with the idea. Um, and, you know, part of that story, like I said, is, is, um, I had had to have a, a pretty serious surgery, um, due to a, a blocked artery in my leg, uh, due to a birth defect, the artery was routed wrong. So I had spent uh, a week in the hospital in Chicago, uh, having it fixed. They took two feet of vein from one side of my leg and put it in, in the other. Um, and so when I got healthy from that. Um, at the time, my wife and I didn't have any, any children and, uh, we were on a drive and, and I said, well, you know, I feel like this is, you know, maybe the best time, uh, of our life for me to, to do this and kind of get it out of my system. Um, and so she's always been very supportive and, and she's a, a great athlete herself. And so she understood the, the drive or the need. And she agreed and said that, that, uh, she'd be happy to, to, uh, you know, have come alongside me and had have me do it. And so we signed up for the race. Um, and then, uh, about, you know, a couple months later she got pregnant and we had a little one coming, I think maybe two weeks after, uh, the race that we signed up for, which was Ironman Louisville. Wow. That's that's incredible, and I I love the the fact that you say we because it is a team effort. As as much as Ironman's uh, an individual sport, you have to have buy-in from everyone involved. Oh, absolutely. That's that's the most important thing that I've learned in this process is um, you, you can't do it yourself. It's not a it's it's not a thing. It's not something that you do yourself. It's something that that you do um, as a family. And uh, if you don't have 100% buy-in, it's the only thing it's going to do is is uh, tear you apart 
um, rather than, than be something that, uh, kind of unites your family and is a, is a common goal that you all work towards. Yeah. Um, and I've seen it happen both ways for people and, and it's just a lot of fun when, um, it is a common goal for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. I think could, could not agree more. Ben, tell me about that first experience in Louisville. Uh, was it, was it harder than you thought it was? Did it go exactly according to plan your, your race? I mean, was it, t- tell me a little bit about your experience. <laughs> well, it's important to realize the thing I didn't say is when I signed up for that triathlon, uh, which was Ironman Louisville, um, I had never done a triathlon before <laughs> of any distance. Um, so, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, in my training leading up to that race, that summer I did uh, a, a sprint triathlon. I did an Olympic. Um, and then the, the third try that I did was Louisville. Um, so, you know, I was, I was, um, pretty ignorant, I guess I would say of, of what to expect. Um, and I was very green at, uh, just about every aspect of triathlon, but I kind of went in knowing, um, that I just needed to get out of the water with as little damage as possible. Um, and I, I knew I could, uh, bike decently well. Um, I'd done a, you know, a fair bit of riding that summer and, and it had made a lot of progress on the bike, but I just, my mantra kind of going in was I just need to get to the run, uh, just get me to the run and I'll be okay. Um, and so, you know, going through the race, I remember thinking, especially on the bike, like trying to, trying to sort of monitor my energy output, um, uh, and thinking, you know, how am I feeling? Am I doing okay? Um, I didn't have any sort of, you know, power meter or heart rate monitor or anything like that. I just was, just went on feel and, you know, I thought, am I, am I feeling okay? You know, can I run? And then I would think, well, can I run a marathon? And, and that was sort of a, you know, a daunting thing to constantly ask yourself, can I run a marathon? Um, so yeah, I just, I kind of laugh looking back on that now, um, at how little sort of data I had, um, while I was racing, but I got to the run and, and, uh, it was really, really hot. Um, but as soon as I started running, I got a mile in and I remember giving a, seeing my family and giving them a thumbs up. Cause it was like, all right, yep, this feels familiar. I've done this, I've done this lots before and I know I'm going to be okay. Do, do you think going into your first one like that, it's almost a, a bit of a blessing in disguise that you don't have, uh, sort of any as you say any data to go to go by that it's almost ignorance is bliss and we'll see what happens and and sometimes if you if you do know what you're in for that might psych you out and you don't end up following through absolutely yeah i i think that uh you know information is good uh but sometimes we we put too much into it um because you you a, a lot of times people have a race plan and then something happens on that day and they aren't able to adapt that race plan based on uh, the variables that have changed and they end up putting themselves in a really bad position. Um, and, and it's really important that you are able to uh, adapt your race plan based on you know, what the weather is or what's, you know, what's changing in the race around you um, because I've never done – uh, a race where something wasn't different than I expected. Um, and so, you, you know, being able to, to monitor how you're doing in the moment and adapt accordingly is, a, is just a really valuable skill for triathlon. Knowing what you know now, would you do anything or have done anything different? Would you have changed that process to your first one or would you have pretty much done it much the same? 
Um, I, you know, I, I, I was pretty pleased uh, overall, I think with, with what I did, um, for that race, you know, I probably could have biked a little bit more aggressively than I did. Um, but you know, overall it was fine. You know, there was, there was, when I, when I went to Louisville to sign up uh, the, the day before I dropped off, actually it was the day that I dropped my bike off. Um, the battery on my bike computer died. Um, and I vividly remember going to the expo to buy another battery for my bike computer. And I mentioned to the checkout person who was helping me, I said, Oh yeah, I'm really glad that you guys have these batteries. Of course, I I didn't know that they have everything under the sun at the expo. Um, I said, I'm really glad you have these batteries because my bike computer just died. And the, the woman kind of looked at me and she said, well, you're riding with a heart rate monitor tomorrow, right? And I said, well, no, I don't have one. And she said, well, do you have a power meter? And I said, no. She said, are you just using your speed as your guide on on the ride? And I said, yeah. And she kind of looked at me. She smiled really condescendingly. And she said, this is your first one, isn't it? <laughs> and and I just remember being kind of, kind of insulted and um, – you know, that, that actually ended up being big motivation for me when I was out on the course. Um, uh, cause I really, in my head, I really wanted to, uh, prove her wrong that, you know, this was my first one and I was going to mess up. So, and it, it turned out okay. <laughs> what a cool, what a cool story. I love that. Ben, looking at making the decision to, to chase a, a Kona slot, that's also a pretty big decision. I mean, it's a, a huge commitment to do your first Ironman, but Tell me about the what what goes into into that process. Yeah, um, that's a lot more of a, a gut wrenching thing than um, I had anticipated. So so going into my first one, you know, we had had uh, obviously gone done done all the training and and for me at you know I was teaching at the time, so I was um, you know I picked an Ironman that was you know just a, like a week into the start of school, so I just kind of had to survive that heavy training through the first week of school. And then, you know, plan was to have do the race and then be able to come back. And my wife was going to have a baby in two weeks. Um, and then all of a sudden I, I qualified and, you know, you have to, you, you've basically just done, you know, one of the most painful things of your life. Uh, and you feel absolutely horrible. Um, and you think I don't ever want to do that again. And then you have to, to face the decision of not only for me, do I have to, do I want to do that again, but do I want to do that again in seven weeks? Um, because Louisville at the time was, was seven weeks away from Kona. And, uh, I, I went to bed that night thinking, um, no, you know, I, I don't think I'm, I'm going to take my spot. I mean, I, I need to, I want to be able to be present and, and, and kind of focused on, this baby that we have coming and I'm, I'm ready to, to, uh, be done training for a little while. So I actually went to bed that night, um, not planning on taking my spot. And then, uh, my wife and I had, had, you know, spent some time praying about it. And that was sort of my decision that evening. And then I woke up in the morning and my mind had completely changed. And I, I looked at my wife and I said, I, I, I think I need it. If I don't, I think I'm going to really regret it. And, uh, she looked at me and said, yeah, I, I, I think the same thing. And, uh, I went down to the lobby of the hotel and told my family my decision. And they said, Oh, glad we're so glad because, uh, we thought you were making a horrible mistake. <laughs> so then I went to the roll down and accepted the slot and, uh, I'm really glad I did. 
Wow, that must have been an incredible, incredible seven weeks between those two races. Uh, not ones I would ever care to uh, re-experience. They were they were horribly stressful. I also the thing I other other thing I haven't mentioned is uh, at the time I was the head cross country coach at my school. I was coaching thirty five boys uh, on our cross country team. So um, not only was I tr- then trying to teach and coach but then i also had to continue fitting in my workouts um in that time then my wife had the baby after two weeks and so for about you know four or five weeks um i had to teach coach train and be uh, a first-time father so it was pretty stressful i'm i'm sure ben kona is uh is a, a special place for for you in your mind what what makes it so special Um, that's a great question. I think, I think, uh, what, what really, um, was impressed on me when I was there for the first time was that, um, you have this picture in your mind of, of Hawaii being like the most beautiful place on earth. And, and, and it is very beautiful. Um, but the course itself is probably (laughs) one of, uh, the least beautiful or, or probably one of the worst courses, um, of any of the Ironmans. Um, and I just remember realizing that it's, it's, it very much felt like, um, when you get to Hawaii, nobody is impressed or nobody cares about the distances of the Ironman anymore. They don't care about the fact that you can swim 2.4 miles or that you can bike 112 or that you can run 26.2. None of that matters. It's not impressive because everybody there, you know, has done it many times. It's all about, um, basically taking those distances and putting them on the most challenging course that you possibly can and seeing if you can survive. Um, so, you know, for me, I think that was, was kind of startling um, when you're actually on the bike course and, and when you're especially on the run course and you realize how bland um, and just mentally challenging um, the surroundings are. Um, and I know that sounds strange because you think, again, Hawaii, it's got to be really beautiful. Uh, it's not. Biking through lava fields for, you know, 100 miles is is not beautiful. Mm. Uh, and running along the side of a highway for, you know, 18 miles is not beautiful. Exactly, especially when it's it's hot and the wind is blowing. What's uh, what, what surprised you most about about Kona and the race itself? Um, you know, I think me this probably some of what I just said. Um, but then also, you know, the just the the winds. Um, and the the year that I did it uh, first in 2012. Um. You know, just just feeling the strength of the winds um, was definitely uh, a surprise to me, um, and and the fact that they're not consistent um, makes it very you know handling the bike very very challenging, um, and and just you know outright dangerous at times. Um, you know, I remember doing the during the race. I remember seeing uh, the mileage marker signs, which are you know quite hefty. Uh, I remember seeing them blown over. Um, and, and, you know, sort of being a little startled at, at how I was going to, you know, stay up on my bike. Um, so yeah, it just experiencing, you know, everybody talks about the strength of wind, but when you actually feel it for yourself, um, it, it is a little bit, uh, overwhelming. 
Ben, how do you approach that first one? Do you go in there just to to soak it up and experience Kona and racing on the Big Island, or do you go there with ambitions, going, you know what, I want to see how how good I am? How, how did you approach it? Um, yeah, that's a that's a question. I, you know, I, I don't think there's any one right answer to that. I think it totally depends on the person. Um, you know, for me, I, I didn't want to, to go into the race with the mindset of, you know, I'm just here to have fun. Um, you know, I think you do, you can soak things up, but, but I still wanted to, to try and get the most out of myself. I still wanted to, to, you know, get on the starting line and do the best that I could. Um, because ultimately I think that makes the day, um, that much more meaningful. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think you have to have one without the other, um, but yeah, I think it is important to to remind yourself when things do get hard to be able to look around and, and just sort of um, appreciate uh, that you're there and, and what you get to experience, you know, and there and it just kind of naturally happens. There are lots of fun, you know, small things that take place throughout the day um, that, you know, you kind of uh, get to get to pinch yourself and, and uh, remind yourself that you're at the world championships, like right before the race start, when the helicopter flies overhead, you know, it's, it, that doesn't happen at any of the other races or when you're swimming. And, and I remember looks, you know, seeing a dark object in the water and, you know, being a little freaked out. And then I looked down and I realized it was a scuba diver who was uh, filming underneath us in the water. And, you know, so there are lots of those kind of uh, little things that happen throughout the day that, that um, are fun uh, things that you can experience and appreciate later on. Have you, I mean, you last year, 2015, you had a, a fantastic race. You podiumed in your age group. Have you got unfinished business on that on that island? Or are you pretty satisfied with what you've done? And if you get to go back, you go back. But are you, are you? I mean, have you, are you, are you pretty happy with, with the performances you've put in, in, in Kona? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I was, I was very happy. Um, I think, you know, I think that the answer to that is, is always to be happy, but not content. Um, you know, I, I felt like I had a, a good day, especially for, um, the day that we had last year in Kona. It was, you know, it was extremely hot. Um, and, but, you know, I have some, I have some things that, uh, I would like to, to do. I still, um, would like to, to run a little bit faster there than I have. Um, and I also had a, a wheel issue, um, in Kona. I, I, uh, had kind of a, basically a flat tire before the race, um, and, uh, so I, I rode, I did that whole ride with, um, just a partially filled, uh, tire on my bike. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to, to go back there and, and be faster than I was before. And, um, so yeah, I, I still have some, some goals of, of some improvements I'd like to make. What, what are you struggling with and, and, and sort of working on right now? Um, boy, that, that would definitely be uh, the nutrition piece during the race. Um, especially for, um, varying temperatures. I feel like sometimes I have a really good nutrition plan going in and then sometimes the, the temperature is, you know, maybe a little bit more extreme than what you had expected. And, um, it kind of throws, uh, what you had hoped to be able to digest or take in, uh, it, it can throw that off a little bit. Um, so, you know, I'm still working on dialing in the nutrition on race day. Um, I've gotten it to work out really well for me in my training, but, uh, you know, sometimes uh, on race day, it seems like my stomach is a little bit more finicky um, than in some of my training sessions. 
Ben, what's the one piece of gear that's sort of just changed everything you do and 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 revolutionized, if if I want to use that word, your your triathlon career? Without a doubt, it would be the power meter on the bike. Um, that's the that's the one thing that if you took it away from me, I would have a very hard time going back. Any everything else I could do without. Who who fires you up? Who who really inspires you? Um, boy, that's a great question. Um, a lot of people really inspire me. I, I, uh, I loved, um, getting to train this year, you know, during the Olympics and getting to watch, um, you know, all the high profile athletes, people like Michael Phelps, who have been, you know, doing uh, amazing things in their sport for a really long time. To a lot of the you know other people who maybe you you haven't heard of until the Olympics, um, and uh, you know I, I I thought that uh, um, Chalimo's performance in the five thousand was was really cool uh, in the Olympics for the U.S. Um, I'm a big fan of Nick Willis. Uh, I loved his his performance in the fifteen hundred. So yeah, I just have a lot of those uh, Olympic athletes who who I like watching and and uh, rooting for. Absolutely. As uh, far as sort of long-term goals, what, what do you still want to achieve in the sport? Now, that's a great question. Um, one that I, you know, ask myself a lot, um, especially as my family continues to grow. Um, you know, I, I just I, I want to continue to to get better, um, to continue to improve. You know, I think that's that's always the goal that everybody can have is is. Uh, to, to continue to try to get the most out of themselves. And, and that's kind of what I'm shooting for too. Um, I feel like, you know, every day, um, I still have, uh, or I still am able to make gains in, in certainly in my swimming cause I'm a, a very new swimmer. Um, and I, you know, I'm still, still making gains on the bike and, and, uh, you know, I'm still yeah, with somebody with a running background. I'm, I guess I'm trying to, uh, hold on to, to that as much as I, I can every day as well. So, um, that's kind of the fun part about triathlon is, is because you have these three different disciplines to work on. Um, you feel like you can always keep improving, uh, in each one. Um, and then certainly in the synthesis of all three, um, you know, so continuing to improve running when off the bike. Um, so I feel like I still have a lot of gains to make in those areas and, um, you know, I'm the the drops in time don't come as easily as they used to, uh, but they still are coming, and and that's what I want to continue to do. I I do really have a, a goal. I, you know, I've never broken nine hours um, in an Ironman before, and and I would love to uh, to do that. So um, that's kind of a, a side goal as well. I love that. What's the what's the biggest life lesson that Ironman and, and triathlon has taught you? Um, I think, boy, that's a, that's a really, that's a great question. Um, just picking, picking the biggest is a, is a tough one. I think the, the value of, um, communicating with, uh, your spouse and, um, having shared goals together, um, is, is really probably the, 
one of the most important things that it's taught me, you know, that, that, uh, you aren't, uh, when you're married, you are not in an Island. Um, and, uh, you, you have, uh, you know, sort of a responsibility as a team, um, to help each other out. And, and, um, you know, it's my job to, to make sure that I'm, uh, even when I'm, you know, really tired from a, a long day or a long workout, it's my job to still be uh, a good husband and a good father. Um, even if I don't, you know, feel up to it, I feel like going and collapsing on the couch um, because I'm part of that team. Awesome. Ben, and then finally, what's been your biggest triathlon disappointment and, and what have you learned from that? Boy, that's an easy one to answer for me. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I did, uh, I did Louisville and then I did Kona. Um, and then I did, uh, Wisconsin and then I did Kona again. Um, and then this, this past year, um, the plan was to do, uh, I was, was doing Ironman Texas, um, in May. And then the plan was to, to do Kona again, um, you know, a week from now. Um, and, uh, I trained really, really hard. Um, actually, uh, have been, been working with, uh, a coach, David Tilbury Davis. Um, and he's been uh, monumental in my sort of training and, and, uh, improvement. And, uh, I was just really in, in a great spot. I, I was probably happier with where I was at in my training than, than at any other point, um, even going into Kona last year. Um, and I went out this May and I, I came out of the water faster than I ever had. Um, and I was biking faster than I'd ever biked. And, uh, I got sick at about 60 miles into the, the bike course. Um, my stomach just got really upset. Not, not exactly sure why. Uh, and I threw up, um, uh, many times on the bike and, uh, I was able to finish the bike off. Um, but when I started the run, I, I, I was, uh, just completely bankrupt of all water and, um, calories. And I ended up, uh, pulling out of the race, um, at the halfway point of the run. Um, and I just was, I just remember just being crushed, just feeling like, uh, my training and my fitness had not been able to come through in my performance. And that was really, uh, disappointing. Um, I knew the sacrifices that had taken place over the, the past six months and how hard I'd worked. And, uh, it was really a bummer to see them not pay off basically. Brilliant. Well, Ben, it's been awesome chatting. I uh, love sharing your story and I look forward to delving into the, the individual disciplines uh, next time out, but we'll save that for then. Much appreciated. Uh, thank you for your time. We look forward to catching up again soon here on the Cone Edge. Thanks a lot for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cone Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.